It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcast content, and subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. The Green Bay Packers' 100th NFL season mercifully came to a close on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau Field. The Packers getting the doors blown off them by the Detroit Lions. The Packers have now lost four straight to Detroit, including two at home. Uh, Obviously, two of those are Brett Hundley games, but that's not the point. This is a team Green Bay used to absolutely own, and this is a troubling trend for the Packers. But for the purposes of, of what we're dealing with right now, this is normally where I would talk about how embarrassing this is and the the issue with the energy and the terrible play calling and the coaching and all of that. Well, the coach is not going to be around in 2019. And there are reports that Philbin is going to get an interview, but all indications are Green Bay is focused on other candidates. We'll get to that discussion a little bit later. And then there is the matter of effort. And the players not giving maximum effort, not looking prepared. I thought this was one of Mike Pettin's, if not Mike Pettin's, worst game as a a Packers coach. But the players didn't give effort. And they didn't play well. And that would be something that I would spend the first eight minutes of the show talking about in a normal circumstance. But when you look at this team and all of, of the defensive starters out, seven defensive starters out, a slew of offensive starters either out or hobbled, and you just go, this isn't the team. This isn't the group of guys that Brian Gutekunst put together to be the 2018 Green Bay Packers. It's just the group that ended up playing. Most of your best players on both sides of the ball are either out or hurt. Devontae Adams didn't play. Aaron Jones didn't play. Rodgers gets hurt in the game. Kenny Clark, Nick Perry, Mike Daniels, they're hurt. They're out. Kevin King, Jair Alexander, they're hurt. They're out. And this is why. 
Okay, we spent all of last week discussing what the Packers could gain from trying to win these games. And and that was fun, wasn't it? That was fun to get those those kinds of wins. But there is no question that Week 16 was a Pyrrhic victory for the Packers because Devontae Adams, he comes back in the game after hurting his knee, but clearly that was adrenaline over the course of the week. He struggled with it, couldn't play. Jair Alexander lost in that game. David Bakhtiari hurts himself on a play that doesn't even count. That doesn't even count in a game that literally doesn't matter. And and this was the plan from the Packers. To play their stars, to put them at risk of injury. And you know what happened? They all got injured. All of them. After all of the injuries all season, Green Bay was down to just a handful of impact players. It was like David Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Jair Alexander. That was it. Everybody else was fringe. Maybe you could uh, you know, include Blake Martinez. Maybe you could include Bashad Breland. But that's pretty much the list. And even fringe guys like Equinemia St. Brown, he gets hurt. This is... This was the problem. This was the risk that they were taking. And this is why I said, and I was adamant about it, going into the Jets week. Do not play these guys in games that don't matter because they could get hurt. And and the the, the counter argument, I've, I've heard it a lot and I've seen it a lot on Twitter. Oh, well, none of these injuries are serious. Number one, a brain injury to your franchise quarterback is never not serious. There is no such thing as a non-serious brain injury. And more than that, one concussion makes you more susceptible to have two concussions, which makes you more susceptible to have three, and so on, and so on, and so on. It builds. And so putting your quarterback at risk for these, he's already had at least two diagnosed concussions in his NFL career, both in 2010. He is now at greater risk of having a fourth after the third that was diagnosed on Sunday. You don't have to put him in harm's way. And you weren't gonna you weren't gonna get Joe Philbin to say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up to Aaron Rodgers and he's not gonna play because Joe Philbin is fighting for his life. He's the guy trying to win this head coaching job and and maybe not this job, but another job and probably not a head coaching job, but maybe an offensive coordinator job, some other plum job that maybe he could get if the Packers finish three and one. Well, this was the risk you took and it, it burned the team. You're never going to get players to say, I'm not going to play for the long-term outlook of the team. Because in the long run for the Packers, a lot of these players are not going to be on this team. Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, those guys probably not going to be on the team next year. There are plenty of other players on this team who had to play snaps on Sunday who are not going to be on this team next year. If they can play, they're going to want to play. It was up to the organization to say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to jeopardize our long-term health, both both metaphoric and literal, by having our marquee players play in a game that doesn't matter. And there were two games. And, and I had someone on Twitter say, well, if they go 0-5 next year, should they just sit everyone? That's not the circumstance. 
Green Bay was still fighting for a playoff berth against the Bears. They should have gone in and tried to beat the Bears after they lost and their playoff hopes were dashed. Then Jets game, Deshaun Kaiser from the jump. And you can have EQ and Jamon Moore and Jay Kumaro and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, all those dudes. If you want to put Randall Cobb out there, now he wasn't healthy enough for the Jets game. But if you want to put him out there in week 17, go ahead. Not a part of the long-term future of this team. You can't put Devontae Adams out there. You can't put Jair Alexander out there. We don't know if Josh Jackson is going to be a long-term member of this team. We don't know if he's any good. He's got to play. He's got to prove it. Until you prove that you are a core member of this team, you don't have the luxury of having to sit. But, But for the Packers, and it was even worse this week because they didn't do it last week. You lose Devontae Adams. David Bakhtiari gets hurt. You lose Jair Alexander. You lose Lane Taylor. He gets hurt. He was in a break in case of emergency this week. So now Aaron Rodgers is going into a game where his left tackle is playing injured. And, and it basically, it seemed like he was out there gutting it out just to try and protect Rodgers. And yet it was his guy. We don't know exactly when the concussion happened, but the, the supposition is it, it happened on the first series when he got his helmet ripped off. That was David Bakhtiari's dude. Devontae Adams not in the game to try and get records. You've got gimpy guards or backup guards or both, which is what ended up happening in this game. You've got a backup running back. You've got backup receivers. And you've got a a complete patchwork defense. What is the upside of playing Aaron Rodgers to throw to to guys that probably aren't going to be on this team in, in two months? Randall Cobb and Jimmy Graham might not be on this team. Jake Kumaro probably not going to make this team next year. Oh, great. He he gets some more time with Marquez Valdez-Scantling? He gets more reps with, with Jamal Williams? What was the upside here? And if, and if it was just Rodgers being a tough guy and, and showing some leadership, that's great. He, I, should, I, I want to see any player take a leadership position in that way. And as a fan, you should want Rodgers to want to play. But you should also want him to not play specifically because of these types of instances. You only have so many hits on your body over the course of your NFL career. And you can ask Randall Cobb, who has had little nicks and bumps and and just a little injury here and a little injury there, and it adds up. And all of a sudden, at at 28, 29, he's not even close to the explosive athlete he was at 21, 22, 23. Ask Clay Matthews how little injuries here and there can affect your athleticism over time. Ask Sam Shields what it's like when you get one concussion, two concussions, three concussions, what that's like over time and how those concussions affect your body. It was a concussion, just like any other, that ended Sam Shields' career because these things add up. It wasn't a vicious hit. It wasn't something brutalizing. It wasn't something out of the 80s. It wasn't some mean Joe Green stuff. He fell and hit his head and got a concussion. And that concussion cost him his career. To put your team out there and have those guys in games that do not matter, to put them at risk of injury was a dereliction of the duty that this front office has to protect the long-term vision of this team. 
There's no other way, intellectually honest, to conclude anything but that. And, and it was up to the front office because this is their team. This is not Joe Philbin's team. If this were Mike McCarthy, maybe you let Mike McCarthy make that call. You certainly don't let the players make it. You can't let Joe Philbin make the call. Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst have to get together, make a decision and say, okay, Aaron Rodgers, you're not playing. Devontae Adams, you're not playing. Jair Alexander, you're not playing. Probably even David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga, you're not playing. Kenny Clark already hurt. Mike Daniels already hurt. These other cornerstone pieces are already not on the field. Aaron Jones already hurt on IR. They did the right thing with Aaron Jones. They did the right thing with Devontae Adams. So why couldn't they have done the right thing with these other players, not risks them? And now Devontae Adams has got to rehab a knee injury before he can get going on his offseason work. Jair Alexander has to recover from a groin injury before he can get in the weight room, get in the program, and start making that physical stride. Because that is it as much as anything. He's only 21. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get tougher. Those kinds of things happen in the offseason. Well, now he's got to rehab a groin injury to get there. The worst thing you can do for an offensive lineman is subject his legs to extra reps and extra hits. David Bakhtiari had to do that. And the last thing you want a quarterback to do, you can take an ACL tear. You can take some some of these other injuries that would be serious for other players. You cannot take concussions. Concussions end careers. Concussions end quarterback careers, especially. You cannot subject your star players to injury in games that don't matter. And the Packers just proved it because they got all of them. All of them, every last impact player remaining healthy on this team is now injured because Green Bay took a reckless and short-sighted approach to try and give Joe Philbin the best chance to win, whatever it was. I don't care. It was foolish. And it is on Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekinds. I know they're a little consumed right now with a head coaching search, and we'll get to that in a second. But they can't be so removed that they're not able to see what needs to be done here. This is not me Monday morning quarterbacking this. I've been saying this for two weeks. I've got the receipts. Go back. Go back and listen. We talked about what what we could learn and what we could see the Packers gain in terms of momentum, in terms of confidence. But all of that was couched through the lens that that was the wrong decision to let those players play and try and win those games. It had nothing to do with draft status. Green Bay is going to get the 12th pick. If they would have lost to New York, they could have had the 8th pick. That could be the difference between a blue-chip player and and not a blue-chip player. That could be the difference between Ed Oliver and not Ed Oliver. Or Greedy Williams and not Greedy Williams. But that's not why I thought that they shouldn't be playing their guys. It was This very reason, the reason that reality brought to us, the football gods punished Green Bay for making the wrong choice. And now everyone involved has to hope that there aren't long-term effects, that there aren't issues that do linger into next season, whether it's it's just an issue of, you know, not being able to get into the offseason work or if it's subjecting your franchise player to more hits that he didn't need to take that have that have long-term deleterious effects on his health. 
We don't know what those things could be right now. But the reality is that is a possibility. And, and we have to hope that that's not the case, that these players show no ill effects and they go out there and they continue to perform. Devontae Adams continues to be one of the best receivers in the league. David Bakhtiari continues to be one of the best left tackles in the league. And Aaron Rodgers continues to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Jair Alexander is able to progress in a way commensurate to his talent. But we don't know. And the reason we don't know is because the Packers subjected their cornerstone players, their foundational players, to hits and injury when they didn't need to. That unequivocally was a mistake. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This was a big topic of conversation over the last few days because news came out over the weekend that Green Bay, um, Ian Rappaport reported that the, really the, the two of the targets, the top targets for Green Bay, are Josh McDaniels and Pat Fitzgerald. And most fans, people that listen to this show, that follow the league, are very familiar with Josh McDaniels' bona fides. They know about what happened in Denver. They know about what happened with Indianapolis. And they know what his pedigree is with the Patriots. That's not something that I feel like we have to go deep on because people uh, know. And I have a feeling that we're going to get a chance to go deep on it because, frankly, I think he's going to get the job if he wants it. Uh, and it sounds like he is interested in the right job only. And I think we, we can say that there is a pretty good chance the Packers are a right job, if not the right job, frankly. 
And that, that makes this marriage work in a way that maybe it wouldn't for other teams, in a way that maybe it didn't for Indianapolis. But so what is the deal with Pat Fitzgerald? Because he's just 95 and 70 in the Big Ten as the Northwestern coach, just three and five in bowl games, uh, just one division title. And you say, what is what is so special about this guy? He hasn't won anything. And uh, there are a couple different things. Number one is the age. He's only 44, but was a player at Northwestern, was a graduate assistant at multiple college stops, was then the defensive backs coach at Northwestern, the linebackers coach at Northwestern, and then ultimately got the head coaching job in 2006 that he has owned ever since. And I don't mean just that's been his title and he owns it in the way that we sort of just throw that word out there. He has owned this job. Now it's his alma mater. That makes sense. But he has done something that is really unique. He has elevated talent with all of the restrictions inherent in coaching at Northwestern where the academic rigors demand a higher standard of high school athlete, uh, academically speaking. We have no idea the quality of the person in any of these cases. That is that is not a, a uh, an evaluation I'm at all prepared to make. But the point is, if you are only allowed to recruit really smart kids, that changes your talent pool because Alabama doesn't have to do that and LSU doesn't have to do that and Ohio State doesn't have to do that. All due respect to those academic institutions, it's not Northwestern. And so the fact that he has been able to spring upsets of good teams, of ranked teams, of top 10 teams, and that he has been able to create a culture there of winning uh, in a school that has never had a culture of winning, really. That is a pretty remarkable feat. It is not just that Mark Murphy hired him when he was the AD at Northwestern in, in 2006. When you talk to people that have covered this team, that have been around Pat Fitzgerald, they speak in glowing terms about him as a man, as a leader, as a figurehead in that school and with that team. And so if you want someone who's going to come in and set a culture and who's going to, who's going to maximize your talent, with, whether it's motivation, whether it's energy, you can make the case he's a good candidate. A guy who comes from a school where you have to do more with less means you're willing to push boundaries in a way that, say, Mike McCarthy wasn't. You're willing to have that fake punt play ready to go and call it in a big spot. You're ready to go on fourth down. You're ready to give a, a, a an up-and-coming offensive coordinator a chance at a job. You're willing to be creative. You're willing to, to be progressive in your ideology because you come from a background that says you have to. And so if you're thinking about, okay, who is going to come in with some pedigree and just shake things up, but is a quality enough person who is self-assured and confident that is also going to be able to come here and command the respect of a room full of NFL football players. Based on the things that I have heard and read about Pat Fitzgerald, he is that guy. And that is what makes him so impressive. Now, there have been reports he's not interested in leaving Northwestern. Again, it is his alma mater. 
We don't know the reality of the situation. It was reported on Sunday that Green Bay is going to make a formal ask after Northwestern plays its bowl game, which may or may not have already happened by the time you listen to this, to interview Pat Fitzgerald. And Lincoln Riley, by the way, his team is also done playing for the season. He could be interviewed for the Packers. That that has not been reported that it has happened yet, but it could. And maybe it is reported by the time you hear this. We don't have any idea if Lincoln Riley wants to leave for the NFL in the same way that we don't for Pat Fitzgerald. But when you look at the options for him, you say, okay, what is the best case scenario for him? If he's the guy, and I, I still am dubious that he is truly a front runner here, if for no other reason than I think Mark Murphy really cares about the optics of this hire, and if Pat Fitzgerald is the guy the optics are really bad because it just sort of reeks of nepotism. This is my coach, and so I'm going to hire my coach. That is that is really bad, just as a, as a perception from the outside looking in. But let's say there is a scenario where this makes sense. What is it? Okay, well, here's the thing about Pat Fitzgerald. He is a, a good motivator and a good leader. We don't have a lot of evidence that he is much more than the CEO of that program. And I don't mean that even in a derogatory way because there are a lot of coaches in college football that excel in that way. They're not coaching up defensive backs the way Nick Saban is or Pete Carroll is, or they're not coaching your offense and your quarterbacks the way Cliff Kingsbury is. He is delegating responsibilities and making those big picture calls. And maybe that's one of the reasons why he is sort of clear-eyed, uh, about making those decisions to go for it on fourth down or to, to fake punt or fake field goal, um, you know, or, or whatever it is, or to be adaptive where necessary. But then you say, okay, well, then who is he going to bring in on his staff? And I think there are a couple of interesting examples because if you bring in Pat Fitzgerald, you have the same problem with him as you have with Dave Taub or Vic Fangio or any of these non-offensive coaches, and we've discussed it on the show. But here is an interesting subplot. Mike Kafka, who you may or may not remember if you're a Big Ten football fan, you probably do, but other people probably don't. He was the Northwestern quarterback under Pat Fitzgerald. He had a brief NFL career a couple years and became a coach. Was a graduate assistant at Northwestern, and then became the uh, quality control offensive coach in, in Kansas City, and then now is the quarterback's coach. So he's young, he's unproven, but comes from the chief system. And this is the hot, you know, the hot system. Everyone wants Eric Bianemi. Um, obviously, Matt Nagy came from there, and they love the environment that that was uh, incubating in Kansas City with Andy Reid and the and the offensive creativity and and everything that is a part of that organization. You bring him in. Maybe you bring your defensive coordinator from Northwestern. Maybe you find an NFL coach. You know, I think those things can be ironed out. He is not a coach who's going to bring a schematic expertise. So maybe someone like Mike Kafka makes sense. Maybe he decides I'm going to focus on defense. Why don't I hire uh, an offensive coach that, that is respected in the league? How about John DiFilippo, who is currently in need of work? And the Vikings, 
It turns out their offense was not just John DeFilippo's fault. It turns out the quarterback is inconsistent, the offensive line is garbage, and the running back is boom or bust. But that's not the point. The point here is there are a lot of options in which I think you can build a case and say, this can make sense, even if I don't think it's the best option. I do, th- I do understand the appeal from the standpoint of he can walk into the room, change the culture, get everyone to buy in and pulling on the rope in the right direction, the same direction, because that had not been happening in Green Bay. He would be more aggressive, more progressive in terms of creativity and adapting to modern offense, modern defense. And there are some offensive coaches who could come in and, and, and give you some of the stuff that you're looking for in some of these other candidates. I still think Josh McDaniels has to be considered the front runner. I still think he's the favorite, and I still think he's the most likely candidate. But for those of you asking about Pat Fitzgerald, and I'm writing about it this week, so keep an eye out for it on Acme Packing Company. But if you're, if you're going to build the case for Pat Fitzgerald, this is what that case looks like. And I I do think there are a lot of things to be attractive about that case. I just think there's so many what-ifs and so many other factors for me to say, okay, in those scenarios, I think it makes sense that there's just, it's a bridge too far for the Packers. Again, I I think with the optics of it, they, they can't make that move. But I do think Mark Murphy, you know, it makes sense for him to want to make that call. Pat Fitzgerald is a highly respected a coach in college football especially. And so, you know, it's it's worth bringing someone in. I think just a, a quick note on all of this too, the Packers, it's been reported, planned to, to interview 10 to 12 coaching candidates. We should buckle up. This is not going to be decided soon. The Patriots have a first round bye. They're probably not going to lose in that divisional round. So it could be end of January before anything is finalized for the Packers if Josh McDaniels is indeed the guy. And leaking early that they're going to have a long coaching search is in some ways um, potentially setting up this idea that this, this is going to be a process, it's going to be a whole thing. And just be patient as a fan, as an observer, whatever it is, because we're doing our due diligence. That is going to be the Packers' message. When really, the reality, it seems like they've targeted Josh McDaniels and they've got some second-tier candidates. I think that's what Pat Fitzgerald is at this point. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's p-h-i-l-i-p-s dot com slash o-n-e. This episode is brought to you by Shell. 
college football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we're going to be back on Wednesday. Our new schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's going to be some weeks when that's a little bit different. Um, Right now, the coaches that have been fired, that we know have been fired, Dirk Cutter, Todd Bowles, these these are no surprises. But we'll get into a lot of that as this week goes on, as the weeks go on, because this is going to be obviously a topic of discussion regularly for us until the Packers have a coach. And then once they have a coach... We're going to have to talk about who that coach is, where they came from, what they do, how they make this team better, everything that goes along with being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and having to follow, I mean, I think it's fair to say a legendary coach in Mike McCarthy, so who already had an offer reportedly from the Cardinals to not only coach, but be in charge of personnel. So I I told you he was going to be in high demand. I told you he's still a good coach, can still be a good fit for someone If he wants to coach in 2019, he absolutely will. All right. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about the show. There's going to be so much to talk about in the offseason. Let your friends and family know about this show. Let them know that you like it, you listen to it, and that they should do the same. The offseason is a great time for a more casual fan to get in because we're only going to do three days a week. You're not going to get behind. That's an hour a week, more or less. That is not a big commitment for everything Packers. I think that's a commitment most fans are willing to make just so long as they think they're going to get good content, and that is what we try to deliver here. We are, after all, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. So let them know. That might help. That might change their mind. That might get them to listen, might get them to subscribe. And anytime. You want to hit us up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline? Keep those questions coming all offseason. We're going to have so much to get to with with that as as free agency nears, as the draft nears. Guys, you want me to talk about players that you you think Green Bay should consider? And and we'll discuss all of those. Hit me up, 920-341-3775. The 2018 regular season is officially over. We are on to 2019. Happy New Year, because the next time I talk to you, it will be 2019. And in the new year, your number one New Year's resolution should be simple. Stay Locked on Packers.